0: Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk. Well,
1: when I was a kid, one of my favorite parts in action movies was the time when cops would come into like a building and there were, maybe someone was in there with a gun and they had to figure out you know, where they were. And so the cops would come in with their guns and they'd go through the, the house and they'd be like clearing the rooms. And as they go through the rooms with their guns up, they'd be like shouting like, clear, clear, clear. And I always wanted to be that guy who went into the house with guns and like going around corners like that. And I, I, if I ever had a toy gun, I would run through my house and I would, you know, walk in doors and shout out, clear, clear. And it was great fun. And then uh, when I was a bit older, I was, at a church a few years ago and I was looking after the youth group at the church and there was a guy at this church and I found out that he was a guy who worked for uh, the customs and he was a customs officer and his job Uh, was the weapons trainer for customs, and he would train other customs officers. So if ever they had to go into a building where they thought there might be someone with a gun, they would go through and they would clear the whole building, and they would be the ones shouting out, clear, clear, clear. And I was like, this is great. And I was like, if I want to know how to clear a building with a gun, then this is the guy to talk to. And I I had to figure out a way to learn this in a way that wasn't too awkward. So I organized a youth group event. Uh, we had i got my uh, year seven and eight boys small group we were going to go to laser tag but before we went to laser tag I, i invited our customs weapons officer to church i was like can you teach us to go through the church and clear the church so that when we go to, to laser tag, we'll be so good with our laser tag guns that we'll be able to win at laser tag, we'll be the best. And it was like, fine. And so he came to church early and he taught all of us uh, how to go through the church and clear the church. And so if there ever, you know, any terrorists in the church, we, were, we would be great. We would sort it out. And so we learn it. We were great. We were shouting clear. And then we made it to the to laser tag and everyone promptly forgot everything they were taught and just, you know, got shot except for me, who remembered it all, and I was the greatest at laser tag. For that night, I beat those 12- and 13-year-old boys. I was the best. I knew what I was doing because I learned from the master. I knew how to do it. Now, this uh, was a skill that's probably not that useful for me to learn, you know, how to clear a building unless I ever become a cop or a customs officer, which I probably won't. Uh, But if you want to learn something, the best way to learn is to go to the master. And in this uh, passage that we see here, we have Jesus and he is praying. And if there's anyone who is a master prayer, it's Jesus. Jesus is always praying. He's always communicating with his Father. And so the disciples who have seen Jesus doing this, they come to Jesus and they ask Jesus, the master prayer, to teach them how to pray. They've seen that John the Baptist, he taught his disciples how to pray. So they're like, well, Jesus, you should teach us. And so they ask him. And so he teaches them how to pray. And he teaches them uh, to pray with knowledge and with boldness and with confidence. And that's what we're going to see as we head through the passage. So the first thing he does is he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And now you probably know the Lord's Prayer. If you've been in church at all or you've you know, seen other people in church in movies, uh, you will have heard the Lord's Prayer. People pray the Lord's Prayer a lot. Now, you may have noticed that the version of the Lord's Prayer that we have here is a shorter version. There's less in it than the others, and you might be trying to figure out, well, which one is the right one, and you might have read the one in Matthew, which is a bit longer, and say, well, what's going on here? Well, this is the right one, and Matthew's one is the right one, and there, there are lots of right ones. There's... Now, Jesus would have taught on prayer multiple times. You don't have to You know, figure out which is the exact right prayer, because he would have been out there teaching people how to pray lots of times, and so some ways he would have taught this way, some ways that way, and so this is the one we have here. This is the right one for Luke to teach us, and so we can spend time on it and not have to stress about the other stuff. And so as we go through the prayer, we will see that uh, what Jesus is doing is he is teaching us uh, not just uh, what to pray, but he's teaching us how to pray, sometimes the question comes up, you know, should we just say the Lord's Prayer? Is it just a prayer for us to memorize and say? Or is it, is it a structure for us to build our prayers around? And the answer is that it's both, because as we pray this prayer, it teaches us how to pray our other prayers. Uh, it's like uh, it gives us the recipe for prayer. When I was a kid, I would watch my mum cook and I'd watch her bake things, and I figured that the way that baking worked was that you got a bunch of ingredients and then you put them in a bowl and then you mix them up and then you put them in a pan and then you put them in the oven and then you pulled them out and there you had a cake. So I decided I wanted to do that and I got a bunch of ingredients. I got, I think, some like flour and then some egg and then some like bicarb soda and then some oil and then some water and then mixed it up and put it in the oven. And it came out and tasted disgusting. It was gross. I can still remember the taste. Like, that's how bad it was. I was probably like four at the time. It was really gross. Now, since then, I've learned a little bit more about cooking. And I now know that it's good to follow a recipe. And so these days, one of the meals that we eat regularly in my house is baked risotto. Uh, I've been working at mastering it. And for the first 10 times that I made it, I used the recipe. And then uh, after that, you know, I've started to experiment and take some things out and put some things in. And sometimes it's because of what we've got available and sometimes it's because I want to see if I can make it better. But the reason why I can experiment with it and, you know, build around it is because first I've mastered the recipe and then you work from that. And what we have with prayer, this prayer here, is that Jesus is giving us a prayer to pray. And that as we internalize this prayer, it's like the recipe for prayer. We can pray this prayer, and it is a good prayer to pray. We will not be praying anything wrong. But as we pray this prayer, it also trains us in how we pray as well, that the prayers we pray beyond this, as we, you know, extend our prayers, when they come from the same place and the same, uh, the same flavor uh, as the, the Lord's Prayer here, that Jesus teaches His disciples, we will pray in a way that uh, is a prayer that honors God and that God wants us to be praying and so we can uh, we could probably spend the whole sermon working through the Lord's Prayer but we are not going to because there is more to this passage but we can probably quickly just go through and have a look at the things that it says the first thing that Jesus says is he says Father and this is vitally important because everything that we know about prayer is built on this idea that God is our Father that we can approach God as a Father, that there is an intimacy and an access to God that is available to us that should not be available to us. Uh, It is not something that, you know, we should just expect that God should be accessible to us because most, you know, important people in the world are not accessible. We cannot just go and, you know, see the Prime Minister anytime we want to. I would find it difficult to get an audience with our local member. Uh, the, the place I worked before I was the youth minister for the North Youth Group, there was a, it was a big company and there was a CEO. I never met the CEO. I didn't even know who the CEO was. It was very hard to get access to the CEO. It is, there are many important people in the world that we do not get access to. But the people who we do have access to, uh, if we, you know, if we are have a, able to have a relationship with our parents now, we have access to our parents. I could call my parents right now and they would probably not answer because they're in church. Uh, But then as soon as they finish church, they would ring me back and say, Tom, what's going on? I have access to my parents. And here we have the, the God of the universe, the God who runs everything. We should not have access to him. And yet we do. He's our father and he wants to hear from us. We are his children. And so it's a great privilege that we get to come to him and we get to give our requests to Him, and He wants to hear from us because of that relationship that He has given us. And all of prayer is built on this fact that God is our Father and He wants us to be talking to Him. Now, the next bit it says is, Hallowed be your name, which basically means that we honour God's name, that we want it to be set apart, that we want it to be holy, and that God's name, within God's name, is His character. That we have this intimate access, but we also remember that He is God and He is Lord of our lives and this world. And so we want to honor Him as such. Then it goes on to say, your kingdom come. And uh, when we think about this uh, idea, the kingdom of God, like we, we, the kingdom of God is, does not exist like a normal earthly kingdom does. Normal earthly kingdoms are like geographic places wherever the monarch rules. If we would go to england we would be going to the united kingdom and that's where queen elizabeth ii that's where she rules but the the kingdom of god is not a geographic location but it is wherever god rules and so when we pray god's kingdom to come we ask that god would rule we ask that god if we're praying this prayer we're asking that god would rule in our hearts it's a dangerous prayer to be praying and as we pray this prayer we're asking that god would rule in the hearts of others For that to happen we others need to come to faith in him we're asking god to bring others under the lordship of jesus and when we pray this prayer we are asking jesus to come back again and establish his kingdom here on earth forever this is a big and dangerous prayer to be praying it sounds nice but it is a big prayer and next it says give us each day our daily bread and this is a reminder that we, when we ask and speak to God, we remember that He is the one who is our provider. That everything we have comes from Him. We do not provide for ourselves out of our smarts or our strength or because of our parents or because of our good investing you know, skills. Now, ultimately, our provision comes from God. And so we need to remember as we pray that it is God who gives us what we need. Everything we need comes from Him and we do not ask too much but we do not ask too little either we know that he is a God who wants to provide for us and then we have and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us as we pray we remember that though we are people who have sinned against God that he is a God who offers us mercy in his son because of what he has done and he calls us to be people who have received mercy who give it to others and forgive others because there is a connection between God's forgiveness and our forgiving of others. That as we understand His mercy, we must offer it to others, because God cares that we, that we give what we have been given as well. And then lastly, we have this, uh, this phrase, and do not bring us to the time of trial, or as some virgins say, lead us not into temptation, which always seems a little bit strange, like like, if we didn't pray this prayer that God would be leading us into temptation, that God would take us to, you know, like to a car and say, look at this car, it's beautiful, why don't you steal this car? And we're Like, God, no, why are you doing this? You better pray that prayer. But I think what actually this is saying is the, the people who lead us into temptation are not God, it's us. We lead ourselves into temptations. Uh, we lead ourselves into relationships that are unhealthy or to to, you know we lead ourselves into the emotions that we know will get us in trouble we lead ourselves into temptation and we say God lead us away from that lead us not into temptation lead us not to the place where we are on trial where we are going to be tested and we will not stand up lead us to the place where we will be safe that's what we are asking and as we pray this prayer uh, we will be people who are asking God for the things that he wants to answer. These are the things that are on God's heart for us. And so we come to him with these requests knowing the way to pray. Jesus teaches us the knowledge that we need to pray a prayer that honors God and that, uh, that ask God to do his work in this world. We can be people who know how to pray because Jesus has taught us how to pray here. Jesus gives us what we need to know how to pray. But then he goes on, and he gives, a, he gives us this parable, and this parable is a parable to give us boldness in our prayer. Uh, this is the parable of the friend who turns up at midnight, and there's, a, there's another guy who's you know in bed, asleep, and the, the friend turns up and says, you know, I've, someone has come to my house, and they, they've come to visit, and I don't have any food. Please give me some food uh, so that we can feed this person. And the, the guy in bed is like, oh, you know, I want to stay in bed, you know, my kids are asleep, the door's locked. And we hear this story and we, you know, we totally understand. We think, oh, of course, what a, what a terrible thing to do. If someone turned up at my place at midnight asking for food, I'd be, I'd be like, you know, why did you not have food and do not know what Uber Eats is? Like, you can go and sort yourself out. I'm in bed. And we totally identify with this, this man who is, you know, wanting to keep the door locked. Uh, but we are people who are reading this from a Western perspective. In the Middle Eastern uh, perspective, this is an absurd parable. Well, the way that Jesus is telling it is he wants people to say, of course, this is not how you would behave. Because in the Middle East uh, in Jesus' day, like uh, hospitality uh, is, a, is a virtue which is um, you know, solely strongly, strongly held on to. That everyone knows that the honor of a family and the honor of the whole town uh, is, is wrapped up in uh, how people are hospitable to each other. And so when a friend comes along uh, at midnight and says, someone has come to my house and they have, and I don't have any food for them, can you please you know, get up and, and help me? And for the friend to say, oh, no, my kids are asleep and the door's locked, like, that's an absurd thing to say. Like, the kids, they'll be fine. This is, the, the honor of the town is at stake. The door is very easy to unlock. Of course this person will get up. And uh, the translation that we have of it says in verse 8, And I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because, uh, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. This word for persistence is a word that is, a difficult word for people to translate and i'm no greek scholar but i've read some greek scholars Uh, and they tell me that this is a word that is wrapped up uh, in boldness and in shamelessness and it seems to be saying that in fact the the man will get up and help maybe not because he loves this guy but because he knows that he does not want to be dishonored and he wants honor to come to him and his family in this town and so the friend can ask because the honor of the man is at stake, the honor of the, and, and he will he'll work for them. So you can be bold in your asking. And so you know that, uh, that this man is going to do what is right. He's going to offer the hospitality. And I've, I've seen that, you know, at work. My father-in-law is of Lebanese descent, and he knows, you know, what, you know, what hospitality is. Uh, He has given us, uh, me and uh, Emily, some keys and and if we don't use keys to get into his house whenever we get there, if we use the buzzer, he gets very offended because we are family. We just let ourselves in. That's the way it works. If you turn up late at night and he doesn't have any food or he's already eaten, he apologizes because it is honorable to eat with us. He'll make sure he'll be like, oh, well, you're here. I don't have any food. Let's order some pizza. And he'll get the pizza in. And then when we leave, he makes sure that we have food. He'll like load us up with, you know, like fruit and vegetables and whatever else he can find in the fridge. And then when we're loaded up, he'll sneak more food into the bags and send us off because he knows that this is how it works. And so we can be people who's who's turn to God and pray to him with boldness, knowing that he is a God of honor. And he will respond to our prayers, that he is like the hospitable Middle Eastern uh, person who who wants to give and give and give. And so even if we think that we are asking something uh, that is at the wrong time or in the wrong way, we can ask with boldness because God is a God of honor who gives and gives and gives. So Jesus teaches us to pray and to pray with boldness. And then we get to the last bit that jesus teaches us and he teaches us not only to know what to pray and not only to pray with boldness but he teaches us to pray with confidence because we know that when we ask he will answer jesus goes on to say this so i say to you ask and it will be given to you search and you will find knock and the door will be opened for you for everyone who asks receive and everyone who searches finds and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. When we pray, ask. If we can, if we know what to pray, and if we know that we can pray with boldness, then ask and God will answer. This is what Jesus is saying. Ask, ask, ask. Uh, my, um, I had some family friends uh, who I, you know, spent a lot of time with when I was a kid, and at the end of their street uh, was the uh, the Wrigley's factory and the Wrigley's they're the ones who make like extra and hubba-bubba and you would be there like late at night On the cold nights and you could smell the whatever particular, you know piece of chewing gum they were making so you'd walk out and I like, oh, mm, spearmint <laughs> Yeah, that was, it was great. And as a kids we knew like this was the land of hubba-bubba And if you went in there you would get hubba-bubba. You could find hubba-bubba till your heart was content but you had to figure out how you were gonna get that hubba-bubba. You had to figure out your plan to achieve hubba-bubba. And so my friends and I, we would get together, I was like, how are we gonna do that? And so we would regularly make trips into the factory to go to the front desk, and we would try all these different schemes to get ourselves uh, bubble gum. And so once, sometimes we would go in and we'd say, oh, I'm wondering if uh, we could buy some bubble gum and then we knew that you couldn't buy bubblegum, uh, but they would say, oh, no, you can't buy bubblegum. But we will give you some, and we'll say, oh, okay, then, great. And then we'd get our bubblegum, and then we'd leave, and then we'd go away, and we'd be like, oh, it's time for more bubblegum. So we'd try something else. I remember once going in, and I went, oh, I'm doing a school project on bubblegum. I was wondering, do you have any information about bubblegum? And they said, yes, yes, we do. And then they handed me a pamphlet about bubblegum, and I learned that... Uh, Actually, chewing gum started because it came from sap of trees in the, I don't know, somewhere in Indonesia or South America. I didn't really care. I wanted the bubble gum, but they didn't give me the bubble gum. They just gave me the pamphlet. I was like, no, that one doesn't work. A few years later, I met someone. I was telling them about this, and he said, oh, yeah, I know that factory. And I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, we used to go and get bubble gum. I was like, how did you do it? And He's like, oh, we just asked. It's like, what? (laughs) They just walk in and say, can we have some bubble gum? I was like, yeah, sure, and then they walk out again. And that's how it is with God. We don't need all these schemes to try and get God to give us what we want. We don't need to try and trick him into answering our prayers. We don't need to try and convince him that we are worthy of his his answers. We don't need uh, to to try and, uh, you know, tell him that he owes us this or that. We don't need any of those things. We just ask and he answers. Ask and you will receive seek and you'll find knock and the door will be opened just ask and he will answer your prayer and then uh, the the question that always comes up is well well what if i ask for like you know a million dollars is he going to give me a million dollars and you know the answer to that you know that that the answer is yes of course he will that's how it works that's not how it works no jesus tells us how how god works in answering in the rest of this parable he says is there anyone among you if your child asks for a fish will give a snake instead of a fish or if the child asks for an egg will give a scorpion if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him what jesus is saying there is saying you can ask for whatever you want and jesus will give and god will give you whatever you need and so you can, he's not going to give you something that is bad for you. you know, it would be a terrible prank to play on your child. If your child came along and said, can I have a fish? And say, like, here is a fish. And then opened up the thing and there's a snake. Like that would be a terrible prank to pull. On the internet at the moment, there's, you know, lots of people who play pranks on each other. You can go on YouTube and search for pranks. So I spent, went looking for pranks that, you know, parents were playing on their kids. And most of them are just, you know, parents standing around the corner And then the kid walks around the corner and they go ah and then the kid like falls over and everyone has a good laugh and that's about the worst that happens on YouTube like generally the parents are kind to their kids there was no parents pranking their kids with dangerous animals that could kill them and so what Jesus is saying here is that if we who are people who are sinful and evil who do the wrong thing who are selfish and we do good things as well but even if we who get so much wrong know how to give good gifts To the people that we care for and love then how much more is going to give god give good gifts to us and what jesus also seems to be implying here what he doesn't say but is that if we ask for a scorpion god's not going to give us a scorpion he's still going to give us an egg And so if we rock up and say, God, please give me a million dollars, and God goes, well, actually, I know that that's probably going to be more of a scorpion for you than you think it is. No, I'm going to give you an egg, and that's probably just going to be whatever you're earning at the moment. Uh, Then that, that is what is good for us. And so when we ask and then we receive, we can be thankful because we know that God has the heart of a father, and he will give us what is good, and so we can trust him in that. And so how do you know what to pray and how do you know what to ask for so that you know that you will receive it? Well, Jesus has shown us in the Lord's Prayer. He's shown us what we can ask for. These are the prayers that God wants us to be praying. As we pray that God's kingdom would come, as we pray that God would give us our daily bread, as we pray that God would forgive us and help us to forgive others. As we pray these prayers, God will answer it. And if we're not sure whether, you know, something fits in with God's will or not, just pray it. And see what happens like i go to cafes and i stress you know when i read the menu at these you know cool cafes i'm like i don't know quite what to pick here like there's so many strange things on the menu i'm trying to figure it out what to you know do and then it says you know this thing has like you know quinoa and like egg and 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 like burlap sack and i'm like is that going to taste good i don't know like it's cool maybe and and we stress sometimes when we pray, like, I've got to pray the right thing so that God will answer it. But we don't have to worry about that. You know, God's going to give you the best thing on the menu, whether you ask for it or not, because he is a father who loves you. Now, if you want to keep praying for a million dollars every day, go for it. But you may be disappointed because he will keep giving you eggs. And so, get, so pray instead, you pray according to God's will, as Jesus has shown us. And then you can pray with confidence, knowing that God will answer it. Jesus teaches us how to pray. He teaches us so that we know what to pray. He teaches us so we can pray with boldness, and He teaches us so that we can pray with confidence. Because we know who our God is, and we know what He has done. We know that we can trust Him. Now, some of us still might be thinking, well, yeah, okay, you can say all that, but how do we actually know that we can really trust God as a good Father? Because God can just say he's a good father, but that doesn't actually make him a good father. And so we look at Jesus, and we look at the way Jesus responded to his heavenly father, and we see how we can respond too. That Jesus was someone who trusted his father with everything he had. In, uh, in the story of Jesus, on the night before uh, he died, uh, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he, and it's Geth, Gethsemane, And he was praying, and he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. He's saying, Lord, I know that I am, Father, I know I'm going to die. I know I'm going to experience the sting of death. I know that I'm going to experience your wrath, and if possible, take it away from me. Jesus knows what is coming, and yet still he gives himself to his Father, because he knows that out of what happens, good things will come. That Jesus might experience the sting of death, but he will also experience the new life as he is raised to life again. And he knows that through what he does, we too can avoid the sting of death if we trust in Jesus and we can be given life. And so if Jesus himself is willing to entrust his father to even the worst fate and find life at the end, we can follow our Saviour Jesus, to trust our Father and know that we do not have to experience that sting, but we can get life forever and everything that comes from that. So let's be people who pray and pray knowing that we have a Father who loves us, knowing how to pray and praying with boldness and praying with confidence because Jesus has shown us how to pray. He has shown us what it means to pray and to live in trusting in God and we know that our good father will give us whatever we need and will give us what is good for us because he is a father who loves us i'm going to pray for us uh, father god we thank you that you are not uh, far off that you have shown us who you are in your son and you've shown us how that we can speak to you i pray that we'll be people who Uh, spend our time relating to you the way that you have shown us through Jesus. I pray that we'll be shaped by this prayer so that we will know how to pray. I pray that we will remember that you are a God of honor and of love. And so we can pray with boldness, not being afraid of of you, but knowing that you love us and you want to give us what is good. I pray that we will pray with confidence, knowing that you will not give us what is bad, but you will give us what is good. And so we can trust you and bring everything before you, knowing that you will give us what is best. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.
0: Well, that was the talk, and I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks, or to read my blog, or order my book, or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWFrench or on Insta at TwFrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.